0: It is future Sasha before the episode. So you already know that I'm giving you an audio technical disclaimer I apologize for having to do this again I switched computers and lost my audio recordings from my mic, which is totally my fault But the episodes were still really good. I really enjoyed them and Paige really enjoyed them So we we really wanted to still share them with you. So I tried to salvage them Um, We have a lot more content coming out. I promise. I'm sorry that it's taken so long. But here are the episodes. I hope you enjoy. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Mixed Reviews Podcast. This is Sasha and Paige. Paige taking a sip. Would you like to tell us what movie we are going through today?
1: Today we are talking about District 9, a movie I was obsessed with as a kid, uh, which you haven't seen. And by kid, I mean, I was like 15 when this came out, but it hit me hard. Uh, this movie is about Michael Scott if he was like the DARPA chief in Africa.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i give uh well, i don't even know how to pre- what's his name like wickis Wh- Vicus von amerbach we- yeah I-, I give him a little bit more props than michael scott <laughs> he's a
1: little at less at the beginning the though <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> where he's yeah. like here take this home as a souvenir for your first abortion <laughs>
0: so uh yeah district 9 for anybody who hasn't seen it it is a a sci-fi film from 2009 takes place in south africa where in like what the 80s they make it sound like the 90s the aliens come and their ship gets like stuck basically just like hovering above
1: south africa the plot of this movie is so well so well told for sci-fi because it's just abstract enough like it just gives you the setup with no explanation as to how anything worked it's just the characters behind this sci-fi setting so yeah in like the 80s for whatever reason a ship just showed up and the creatures on this place they're like very it's theorized that they're like a minor colony like they they do like drilling and stuff like that they're not meant to think they work more on like a hive mind situation but because their queen isn't there they're just like worker bees they don't do anything Um, And since they got stranded, they don't have enough intellect as like they're part of their species to like figure out how to get home. So now they're just part of Johannesburg. Um, But the political tie to this is it's all based off the apartheid that was happening um, through like the 50s all the way into the 90s. Like when you and I were born um, for Africa. And it's like a mirrored situation of that apartheid. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Nelson Mandela, right? Yeah, Nelson Mandela was a huge um, activist for the anti-apartheid that's why he was in jail because he was protesting this Um, and that's kind of what this whole deal is meant to show you and kind of like tell you about because the director Neil Blomkamp uh, is from Johannesburg and like grew up seeing all this and he's like I want to make movies what can I talk about you talk about what you know, and that's what he did, and then he became the M. Night Shyamalan of Africa, where he made one good movie, and the rest are garbage.
0: Damn, not even Chappie's good?
1: Chappie's the worst. Oh, damn. (laughs) (laughs) Elysium is passable. Oh, gosh, that's the Matt Damon one, right? Yeah, and it's passable because Matt Damon.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, so I did not expect this- well, I mean, I guess that's the problem. I shouldn't have- I should have expected this movie to be as political as it was, but I guess when I- came into the knowledge of District 9, it was almost 20 years ago now. Yeah. Like 15 or so years ago. So I I just kind of saw it as a kid. I was like, this is just like another alien movie. It is not. Uh, It's definitely not. It also, the beginning of it, the beginning of it is fucking pure cinema. (laughs) Pure cinema is the first 30, 40 minutes of this movie because it's all just a mockumentary
1: following. (laughs) They abandoned after 30 minutes they just get ripped. oh yeah they just
0: they just toss it completely out the window that's like this kind of goes back to, to the conversation we were having during Project Almanac where I'm like you don't necessarily need to have a validation for why you're doing found footage as long as like it makes sense with the rest of the movie because yeah this movie is very clearly like this is footage that we pulled from this specific source it's like security footage yep. you know, news footage <laughs> and then there's just narrative shots there's just like there's close-ups yeah there's just like, bugs and stuff in their house and and shit and the aliens are like running around and there's miscellaneous shots um so it's like already kind of constructed to be crazy but that that beginning part where it's just like satire like hardcore <laughs> satire of like gentrification yes um it takes you to like some of like the darkest humor right away Yeah.
1: What was your favorite dark humor moment? Mine is the alien in the bra that like donkey kicks a dude <laughs> into a shack. Yeah. It's so great.
0: <laughs> there's like, there's like, honestly, one of the whole uh, Mamba guy, the the, the <laughs> paraplegic. A drug warlord who is oh. convinced by witch doctors that if he eats the alien arm attached to this man, he will get the power. I know, like, that's not intentionally supposed to be funny, but just the concept of it, there were just so many elements. Because, like, he's the B villain. Yes, <laughs> That is the side villain. <laughs> he is a paraplegic South African drug warlord.
1: He's terrifying! So, fun fact, this movie is, like, banned in Nigeria, because the the the, the Gee, I wonder is, why. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's Nigerian, and they portrayed Nigerians as, like, witch doctor cannibals, and yeah. they're like, this is not, no, this is not helping us. So they banned this it.
0: This is not doing assistance to us.
1: <laughs> but yeah, that's the B villain. Uh, the, the There really isn't a main villain. This this whole story... The main villain's MMU. It's MNU. It's, yeah. Like, Yeah. But even them, even they feel like just kind of roadblocks. They don't really feel like. The whole story is just almost this like. Odyssey that takes place within 72 hours from going from point A to point B. And it's like it's christopher johnson the alien the worst day of his life i mean i know
0: he's <laughs> so sorry maybe i think that honestly might be what i find funniest <laughs> The aliens the aliens name is christopher johnson and it's just like such a call to like immigrants <laughs> and like slave names and stuff. yeah when people just completely rename somebody like hey you're john now <laughs> it's somebody who would never in a billion fucking years be named john you know christopher's real name is like number and clicks. <laughs> <laughs> but he's and also he's in South
1: Africa, so why Christopher
0: Johnson? I,
1: uh, but I, I think it's so I funny. Don't know. I, I think it's supposed to go back to the apartheid because it was all like this small number of white people that just told everybody uh, of any darker skin tone the hierarchy. Yeah, just to and- get the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> like we wanna we wanna live here. We And it's like you're all getting Dutch names, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this is. We're not laughing at the part, the, the apartheid. We want to make that clear. No, it's a yeah, very st-
0: yeah. Make that very clear. This is very. St- it's not funny. It's just funny to to see that America will stop at nothing to gentrify its immigrants. <laughs> well, I guess this isn't America, but just in it's, general.
1: It's it's just because it's you and me who can't help but laugh at the most fucked up shit because we're horribly disturbed individuals. Yeah,
0: because that's the type of stuff that well, that's the stuff that happens now. Like that's yeah. normal stuff. Someone <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't matter. You're from. Canada, China, a different goddamn planet you're all John now. Yes. You're all John. <laughs> you're all Christopher Johnson.
1: But yeah, the the bee, the we mainly have B villains. I don't think there is a main villain. It's just roadblocks and it's just Vika. Our main character is Vicus, but he's not like the star of the show. The star of the show is Christopher Johnson, the main alien, and him just trying to get the hell home. That's all yeah. he wants. He wants off, he wants us off this damn shit, this damn planet so bad. This fucking angry floating rock. I also,
0: (laughs) um, so yeah, the beginning of the movie starts off with Wykus, like, trying to, um, evict the aliens from the slums. The aliens are called Prawns (laughs) because they look like bottom feeders and they're kind of (laughs) dumb. Everybody just calls them prawns.
1: But did you did you like the setup as to why he's promoted to do the, like, head of eviction stuff? Because he married the head of MNU's daughter and he hates him? He hates Vika so much. So he's like, I'm gonna get this fucker killed.
0: Yeah, well that's why immediately when he gets into the medical shit, he's like, yeah, just, just dissect him, it's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gets tasked with, uh, evicting all of these. It's like an eviction, but they're trying to like relocate
1: them. Basically, they're putting them right? in concentration camps. They literally yeah. say that.
0: Yeah, they're essentially just like in slums that are just like disgusting. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to how I always said that I love the grime aesthetic. This is a specific type of grime aesthetic that I like to call dusty grime. <laughs> this is like normal grime, but it's less familiar to me because I'm from a city and it also seems more dangerous. Cause usually yeah. in dusty, grimy places, that's where people have assault rifles. They don't speak English. And like <laughs> it's kinda tetanus. it's real shady, real fast. Yeah. yeah, that's where like infections are.
1: Yeah. This is this is dusty grime. And fun fact about the grime, uh the they only built one shack. All those shacks are left over from the apartheid, and that's where they put people.
0: It was yeah, a,
1: that doesn't surprise me. It was a real gross shacks uh the only one that was built was christopher johnson's shack because they had to like put a ship underneath it so they had to make it it, they had to lay it out a little bit nicer give it you know some architecture
0: there was a part of the movie that kind of especially the south africa part that reminded me of the movie monsters which is um, done by the guy who did the, I think it was the 2013 Godzilla movie, the, the first new Godzilla movie, but it's like his first monster movie. And oh, it's
1: like, yes. It's I've actually really it. good. Yeah, yes. it's super
0: low budget, but they basically just went and shot in South Africa, like after like an earthquake. <laughs> and they're like, oh, look at all this carnage from the monsters. <laughs> it's gotta be from the monsters. It's all part of the set. <laughs> but that's just what the country looks like. <laughs> oh my God.
1: <laughs> It works, it, you know. That's why that yeah. why Eight Mile felt so real because it was all filmed actually in Detroit, so yeah. everything had higher stakes. Film film on location of your gross, oh, yeah. so we can see the world. Always,
0: always film on location. Um, but yeah, this movie this movie takes a really hard turn. At, like, the... After, like, the first hour. Yeah. And I know... I know why you're grinning over there, Miss Body Horror. (laughs) I I feel like you've mentioned this before, that there's body horror in this movie, but, like... Like, I, I don't... Think that it ever like clicked with me until I was watching it. And also it's like surprisingly grotesque. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> the but, whole movie is surprisingly grotesque.
1: This yeah, it's very bloody. It's like saw levels of gore at points. It's yeah. But the problem is because the cinematography, I'm I'm still on the fence of whether it's brilliant or awful. I think it's so awful it's brilliant the cinematography in this movie. But they didn't really have a choice. This is a two million yeah. dollar budget. Yeah. For a movie. And I of, think. I think
0: that's where, like, a cinema verite style can work on low-budget films, even if you're not committing to found footage. Because, like, even that movie I was showing you, Monsters, it looks like it's a found footage film. It's not. Like, it's, it's technically... They don't say that anybody's with, with a camera or anything, but, like, it looks very cinema verite in some spots and, like, very yeah. handheld. Um, but I think that for stuff like this, because it's so, like crazy and like unfounded to normal people i feel like shooting it this style it makes it fit if you have like a story that works with it and yeah especially something like this which is like a, like you said a 72-hour epic to do very quick handheld, like found footage-esque styles makes a lot of sense to do something like this.
1: It, it, it makes it feel more personal because the story is kind of cookie cutter, but also not, it's a very strong story. You could put this yeah. story anywhere and it would work, but because- well, it's because it's
0: three parts of <laughs> three different really powerful stories that most people write into big budget movies, but it just takes the important parts of all three of those. And it's like, okay, so we have sci-fi, family, action. All right, take all of it. <laughs> (laughs) the cool weapons let's take the aliens and let's take like some weird family drama okay movie
1: plot (laughs) there we go the best part of this movie is a majority and this i have a theory that movies that don't have scripts that just have outlines and say okay here here is point a and point b that we have to hit in the scene actors go that never fails well, <laughs> well, it it works for this. It works. Yeah. I'm still convinced the whole. If you race- have a
0: director who knows what the fuck they're trying to make, like yeah. they know where their end goal is, yeah. then yeah, you can you can usually just get away with an outline of a script.
1: And if you have good actors, which we we have to take a moment, Charlton Coplay, the guy that came, plays Vicus, is carrying this entire movie. Oh yeah. Everybody else in this movie is like, you can tell they came from like commercials in Africa. Like they, they are just there, <laughs> <laughs> they work at mattress firms and they were the person that could stand in front of a camera and deliver a line. Everybody is terrible. Yeah. The wife is horrible. The like, the MNU villain is like over the top, crazy, but not even in a fun way. Like Yeah, he's just aggressive. But Charlton Coldplay even going—I remember loving his performance when I first watched this movie, and I just rewatched this movie and completely being blown away by how how much he demonstrates that arc. Because this this is still one of the strongest character arcs in a movie I've seen in my life. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and I mean, and it's—I like that the the story itself, like the three acts of it, are like. Kind of unsettling because, like I said, it starts off really like not like light-hearted, but like as light as an R-rated comedy could be. Yeah, it's like almost like Deadpool levels in the beginning of yeah. like kind of just like giddy, derky humor of like don't point point your fucking tentacles, tentacles at me. me. <laughs> and then it like gets into like he gets um so chris we find out christopher is like trying to get this fluid make this fluid to power the ship that's under his house yeah so he can get back to his big ship and it somehow explodes all over vicus's face (laughs) and like gets into his mouth and i feel like that's where the, the humor starts kind of like falling away because then you start getting into like the body horror because um, yeah. the, the fluid starts turning him into a prawn and it's very gross
1: Yeah, the way it does it. This is actually probably the only body horror that doesn't gross me out for some reason. I don't know why. I think it's just because it's very clear the effects on him are like they were scraping the barrel. Like it yeah. is like styrofoam, it doesn't look great, but it it works because they made it wet. The one rule, make they it real do wet. They
0: make
1: it very wet. They it keep is, it wet, too. They keep it wet. vikas is never not sweating. I'm, I'm convinced it's real sweat because it's Africa. So like, yeah, how, I was about to say, they're in the
0: fucking
1: desert. So, like, how are you not sweating? But it it doesn't gross me out, but it it becomes, I think it works with the shift of the tone of the movie because before when vikas starts, he does think this is all a game he thinks this is fun silly like these aren't real people it's not until he starts to shift into one that that's when the tone of the movie comes and his tone changes as well like his tone changes as we go through the different arcs that happen throughout the movie in the different acts
0: yeah
1: it's beautifully laid out this film yeah
0: yeah we're in like the first act he's he's very like you said like taking it very lightly he's very just mm-hmm. dis- detached from the actual situation that's like Come going on mm-hmm. and then he becomes a part of the situation <laughs> and then it's real. <laughs> and, yeah yeah and then it becomes very real and then it just keeps getting worse and worse and then at the end he kind of finally makes the decision on which end of the, the spectrum he's going to be on yeah and i like that this movie takes on like those political themes but like it still has it still like has like a movie
1: yeah the, the, the a story is still yeah the
0: a story is still very much like a blockbuster esque. yeah Plotline, even though you have all of these like pieces around here that are making it like making you aware of like you know the injustice and the segregation and mm-hmm. like the miscommunication between the two species but like that's not the focal point necessarily of it it's just kind of adjacent themes that are like feeding into it
1: yes yes it's 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 a movie that i feel everybody knew about but i feel like it should be required viewing
0: I also feel like it would, I don't know how well it did, but I also feel like it would hold up, like people would enjoy it and take to it better now than however they did when it first came out.
1: Oh yeah, that's a very good point.
0: Yeah, Um, like I feel like this is a concept that more people are willing to explore and watch in a film this way than they probably, because I mean, I feel like 2009, that was a long time ago. Yeah. This is like a pretty, pretty out there movie for 2009.
1: Yeah. And we definitely would not equate it to, like, the struggles going on with America. I mean, I'm sure people would watch it or were watching it in 2009 and going, oh, yeah, the apartheid in Africa. But, like, now this is something that we're more hyper aware of. I mean, we don't have, like, concentration camps and like, yeah, we have done medical experiments on black people in the past uh, and probably still are. Who knows what's going on here, to be honest? But, yeah. like, it's, it's something that, yeah, like you said, more people are willing to look at this and go, oh, shit, this is an actual piece that is not only a fun watch, but says something. Yeah. Which yeah. is, we don't see a lot of that anymore.
0: I also think especially as the movie goes on I thought the alien design was adorable I it thought is the cute. Alien, they get cuter and cuter maybe it's just because of like the incorporation of the little alien which I think is so spectacular that Christopher has like a little son that he's yeah. keeping around and it's just like a tiny little like shrimp
1: looking thing does he have but, a name Are they just no, call him mean, his they kid just,
0: they just call him his kid he's a <laughs> boy the little boy. <laughs>
1: So the design for the aliens, for whatever reason, I watched a lot of special features of this, and I'm going all based on, like, 10-year-old memories. But with the design of the aliens, they shot, they, like, worked with a lot of different aliens um, in terms of, like, very bud-like. But the thing that they had trouble with when they were, like, testing it and, like, showing it to the crew and stuff like that is people had a trouble connecting to it. And the way they fixed that was by giving them human eyes.
0: I was gonna ask, because there's the... Christopher in particular, when you see his, like, friend get killed, Mm -hmm. he doesn't- he never speaks English, he doesn't even have, like, enough physicalities to, like, have body posture, really, to, like, display with body language, but his eyes, you can, like, see when he's, like, hopeless or when he's, like, angry, it's very, very, like, well, well depicted.
1: Yeah, so that was a brilliant choice to, like, give it just- because, unfortunately, we as humans have- a lot of difficulty connecting with things that don't have, like, some sort of similarity to us. So anything with, like, they picked one body part to reflect, and that was the eyes. Because everybody says, you know, all your emotion is carried in your eyes, and it works so well. Because there's not even facial expressions that Christopher can do, because he's a literal, like, arachnid thing. Yeah. So he can't even smile or (laughs) frown. He can just move his little mouth tentacles. (laughs) But they chose the sadness through the eyes, and it really works. Cause you feel for Christopher. You feel so bad for him. He is just trying to get home. Yeah,
0: Christopher's my favorite character. I felt like, <laughs> like I feel like he's the most personable one too. Like he yeah. feels most like a person, and he like is very clear at the beginning. Like he's much more aware of the situation they're in mm-hmm. than everybody else seems to be.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's there's a lot of theories floating around this movie, and like I honestly don't think this movie was as science fictionally thought out as people are giving it credit to, but there's a theory that Christopher was, like, the head guy. Because, like, with any sort of, like, colony sort of thing, there has to be somebody that's kind of instructing, and, like, Christopher was that dude, but when everybody fell and, like, disbanded from the ship, like, they just forgot, because they're all morons yeah. except for him.
0: Well, also, like, they'd already been subsisting in the ship for like three months when they found oh yeah so So their society like like their society was already pretty broken down Mm -hmm. and their social work was probably already pretty broken down after that as well because who knows how long they were in the ship before they got to earth
1: oh yeah yeah we have no idea how the ship got there i would like a district 9 prequel but i also would not because i think it would go terribly yeah
0: that'd be a cool like animated thing. Like, I imagine that being, like, a Love, Death, and Robots episode. Ooh, like, a 15-minute, yeah. like, this is- this were the prawns floating through space. Yeah, Like, just, like, a little short. That would be cool. That would be
1: cool. I would- I would oh. like to see that. Maybe that's what Neil Blomkamp needs to switch into, is just some shorts. He can't be trusted with an well, actual This script. came from a short. Oh, yeah, this came from a short, <laughs> <It's> that's
0: right. <laughs> Back to a short, you shall return. <laughs> <laughs> it came- oh. Came from a short. Yeah, um, I, I honestly, and then going to, like, the alien design, going back to it, mm-hmm. I actually didn't think that the, the design looked that bad, or, like, the actual texturing and stuff. It how holds up. It, is, it holds up pretty well. I mean, it, it looks very video gamey at times, but, yeah. like, I feel like, what are you gonna do?
1: If you know it's, like, I mean? Bright lighting, it doesn't work so well. I feel like they couldn't quite get the reflection of the sun very well on them, but like they definitely couldn't. No, <laughs> there's like black outlines on them sometimes. They have the ambient
0: occlusion.
1: <laughs> um, but like when they're in the shack, it looks really nice. And I, I couldn't find any confirmation on this, but whenever they do close-ups of the hands, it doesn't look like CG anymore. It looks like actual practical hands that they built um, for the aliens. We know Vicus is a prosthetic, like he has a full yeah, thing with the finger yeah. pulls. But like there's a moment in the shack where they're like working on the fluid, him and his like bumblebee looking buddy who dies. Um, oh. Do you remember that guy? Yeah, I know, I know. That's I think that's what he finds in on like yeah. the medical bed that they like incinerate. Yes. Um but like there's a moment where they're holding the fluid and from what I from what it looked like to me, it looked like um actual hands that they built. Um, yeah. To, like, get that close-up shot and make it look more real. And so when it's, like, touching other things, it feels more tangible. Um, which is a nice way to balance it and probably work with that $2 million budget with such a big, grandiose plot.
0: Yeah. Which props, because this was his feature debut.
1: Yes. That is
0: that is a big fucking bitch to tackle as a feature this is, like, surprisingly sound, almost two hours long, Yeah, hella cgi in and hella action, still pretty emotional. So, did you read up on how this movie happened? No, no, that was one thing I was about to ask, that was the thing I didn't get to.
1: So, he made this short, like, he made the short, that's fine, and then they- you're- you don't play games, but you're familiar with the series Halo, right? Of course. They wanted to make a Halo film, and Peter Jackson was going to produce it, and he, like, signed everything up, everything was ready to go, they had a script, they hired Neil Blomkamp to do the Halo franchise, which, why you would have this big franchise trusted to a first-time director, I don't know, Hollywood makes crazy decisions, uh, that fell through, and they still had all this money, so Peter Jackson just... Mm. Gave that money to Neil Blomkamp and said, make whatever. I don't care. That sounds that sounds like a Peter Jackson move, for oh, sure. We, we can't return <laughs> this money. Just make whatever you want. And this is what we got. And it's... Which, not bad. Yeah, I'm so happy the Halo movie didn't happen, because who the hell asked for that? Nobody. <laughs>
0: twelve year olds like ten years ago. <laughs> Halo is wouldn't it be
1: cool if we had a, a red versus blue movie? We do have a red versus blue movie. <laughs> I know, yeah, I know, but
0: that's probably what they're thinking when they're like, oh we're gonna make a Halo movie. It's like, oh with those guys
1: <laughs> No, it's not Rooster Teeth. It's... No, it's it's fucking Halo. It's I mean act- I'm sure
0: it'll still happen. I'm sure it's still floating that script is still floating around the ether.
1: I don't care. I don't wanna see it. The Halo plot is stupid. So um strange. we didn't
0: um talk, in, talk about the uh the big bad guy like motivation I guess which is like such a great way to differentiate good and bad, like, especially when you have something, like, politically charged like this, where there's, like, a whole lot of, like, moral gray area, Mm -hmm. as soon as people start doing live experiments, that is the bad guy. Yeah. That becomes the bad guy. Anything that you watch, any TV show, it doesn't matter if people are getting raped, murdered,
1: children are being
0: abducted, whoever is doing the live experiments, that is the enemy of my enemy.
1: (laughs) Yes. And we very much have that, and it even happens to the main character. What did you think of, like, when he... When he starts to transform, they take him into MNU, which is, like, you know, the big government agency that's, like, trying to figure... Because whole, this whole subplot is the al- the minor aliens had weapons for whatever reason. There were weapons on this ship, but the weapons are only coded to the alien DNA. So humans cannot use them, but, as any government would want to do, is get a hold of those weapons and make them work for us. That can't yeah. happen. And then Vicus gets the fluid, starts to transform into an alien, and they realize that Vicus can use the um, the weapons. So they get a hold of him, they strap him to a table, they like drill into his arm while he's awake to see if he feels the yeah. pain, and all which is fucked. Um, and then they strap him to an upright table and like hook his arm into this thing and put the gun yeah. in his hand. And then they go pull the trigger, and he's like, no, I'm not doing that. Please don't make me do that. And then they prod his arm with, like, a taser to make his muscles contract over and over and over again to fire the gun. That is the most brutal shit I have ever seen, and it, it, it fucks me up still to this day. Because uh, he's, like, crying and sweating, and he's been shocked so many yeah. times.
0: And it's the way they shoot that spot, too. Yeah, That's, like, right where the... Um... Because that's where the found footage sh- sh- shots come back in just briefly because they start giving you all of like, the security lab footage. Yeah. And, like, the documentation of them, like, doing all of it. And, like, that, to me, is how you do surgery creepy. Yeah. Like, I- I'm not really, I-, I think, like, injections and stuff are kind of gross. But, like, I've seen Requiem for a Dream. Like, <laughs> I- I'm okay with injections. I've seen, you know, the, the finger tear in Black Swan. Yep. You know, like-, like, I'm not usually super grossed out by, like, surgical stuff. But when you start shooting it, like, super handheld and, like, yeah. make it look, like, it's real, real, like creating the environment that you're actually opening someone up. It makes me a little bit queasy. Also, I don't know how it happened both times that I watched this movie, literally as soon as he, like parts of his body started falling out, that was literally every single time I sat down with like a bowl of food. <laughs> every, I think that's why I found it so gross. Cause I was like trying to eat a casserole. And, like He was like pulling like his fingernails off and his teeth out of his mouth. And I was like, so maybe I'll wait a couple minutes before I take a bite. <laughs> Something about this is just not making me feel too hungry.
1: Poor Vika's man. Yeah, he does, he, there's a... I still don't understand why he makes this choice, but Vicus is, like, kind of a bumbling idiot, but there's a point where the transformation, it's, like, very clearly morphing under his skin. That's kind of... That is the yeah. thing, if I think about it, that's real gross, is his skin is still over top, but his insides are changing. Yeah, which his skin's, is like,
0: blotching.
1: It's, like, blotching off, and there's a point where he starts to, like, really look at himself in, like, this shitty shack mirror, and he takes off his shirt, and he, like, sees a hole from, like, where he got shot or something, and he can see, like, his muscle and bones is now prawn and he takes his skin and like tries to rip it off and it comes Oh off- my god
0: that chunk it's like a big thick chunk from his But it doesn't side, tear all that. the way. Yeah. I- so well, I spend the rest of the it. movie
1: wondering if it's still just like flopping there.
0: <laughs> I'm imagining it like one of those like hangnails that you just like can't commit to pulling oh. all the way so you just leave it and it dries out a little bit and then you go oh. back with the clippers then take care of it and then just keep pulling it back.
1: That's what he's doing. Absolutely Um, not. If I think about it, it's gross, but watching it, I'm completely fine, which he, knowing me.
0: One of the the grossest parts that I found, it's not even attached to anything, but it's like, while he's in the medical facility, they pull out this, it looks like a giant black afterbirth. Like, it looks like a uterine lining of just black goo. Oh, yeah. Picking it up, and I'm like... Ew! ew 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 why is everything so
1: fucking gross in this room it's just it's just a woman in the background too she's just like i don't know doing yeah, her inventory she's not
0: doing anything yeah it's just vile
1: everything is just so like casually disgusting it's this is a gross movie i i don't know why i'm so i wasn't by it as a like teenager watching it too which, that was before I had desensitized myself, so I don't know why this movie doesn't phase me with how disgusting it is. Yeah.
0: It, it also has a lot of squelches.
1: There's a... Yeah. But
0: the the sound effects is pretty good, though. I like the way the aliens sound. Yeah. Also, heads up to anybody who didn't know, I would classify this as a foreign film with the amount of subtitles you have to read. <laughs> it is a foreign <laughs> and film! And the accents. <laughs> <laughs> but this is like a... Get your glasses out and and the yeah. subtitles on throughout the movie.
1: The Afrikaans it, accent is very hard to understand. Uh, so one of the, my behind the scenes video memories that I have is they were going through the cast and crew and talking about working on the movie. And to them, they have no idea what this movie is. They think it's just like a crappy B film that's going to come out in so Africa funny. and everything. And everybody on the set is making fun of Charthel Coldplay for staying in that accent. Because they're like, they're like making fun of him. Like, he thinks he's a serious actor. Look at this idiot. And I'm just like, <laughs> this dude was almost nominated for an Oscar. You fucking moron. <laughs> like, are you kidding? You're the That's moron. Don't make fun of him. Early 2000s
0: filmmaking where you could just be like, yep, we're just going to post up here. Shoot this whole fucking thing. <laughs> Who are you? You can be in the movie. You get a SAG card and you get a SAG card and you get a SAG card. Pretty much they're all C- probably, they're all probably, like, SAG eligible and just being
1: like, who the fuck, who, what is what's a nine? SAG? Yeah, <laughs> what the fuck is a SAG? <laughs> but Shortell Coldplay made it, he did a lot of stuff after this. I followed him for a while, like, I, he's the whole reason I watched um, The A-Team, which is now one of my favorite movies. Uh, oh, the movie A-Team. Yeah, I watched, I watched The A-Team just for him, and he's, like, the best part in it. Uh, I watched Europa Report because of him. The whole reason I watched Maleficent was, shockingly, not for Angelina Jolie. It was because yeah, he damn. was in it. Damn. He's, I don't think I've seen any of those. He's great. He's a really good actor. I would like to see him do more. Um, what else? Oh, uh, so one thing I do want to talk about is if, if I look at this movie and I take a step back, this movie is a hot mess. It's just, like, it's, there's the change of cinematography, the kind of, like, almost cookie-cutter story, um, this, like, kind of beat you over, not beat you over the head political statement, but they're doing a political statement on top of this story, it's science fiction, like, everything feels like they threw it all into a blender, blended it up, and happened to get the best smoothie of their life. Yeah. How did that happen? Do you, how, how does this all fit together and work so well?
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up to two things that are going on to this with this movie. I'm gonna put it on with how much stuff is happening. Yeah. Cause we always have to put that into consideration. When you have more shit to cut to, people stop picking up or it becomes more difficult to like string together everything as like one cohesive line and then start trying to pick apart where it's missing stuff. Yeah. So I think it's that. I think it's also just like the suspension of disbelief with the tone.
1: Yeah. And like the way
0: it's staggered because like I said it starts off as a comedy which I think that's probably its like best move yeah because if there's if there's one type of movie that you can get away with cutting corners in it's a satire yeah so when you pick up something satire and it's, I wouldn't even say this movie is really a satire I would say it's just a straight up sci-fi yeah like it but it, because it takes those elements and it puts you into that setting like so straightforward you're like, at least for me, I was like, okay, well this wasn't what I was expecting. Now I don't know what I'm expecting. So now I'm just gonna kind of take it as it's given to me. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, like I said, there's all these things going on. So your brain's just trying to make semblance of it. And then by the time you get to the end, it hits all of its story points properly. And the end wraps up and you're like, so wait a second, was this a good movie? Well, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's one of those. It was like, wait, this was a, this was a pretty good movie. It had a bunch of shit. Flying around, I feel like it's kind of similar to a, which is funny considering the the type of movie it is. But like War of the Worlds, how you were saying, like Tom Cruise gets from point A to point B with kid, he's hero. Yup. The end movie.
1: (laughs) And it 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 follows kind of like the same sort of beats as well, where it starts off funny, just like War of the Worlds. This is no Robbie, not like Europe, Uh, and then we kind of have a lull. (laughs) Um, that happens where it's just him trying to figure out how kids work and also surviving an alien apocalypse where we have this where he's trying to figure out how to be a prawn and like does he belong in this world while also hiding from MNU and like the gangs that are after him and then like in War of the Worlds where it's like this nutso gauntlet that happens at the end we have this as well where it's like this big uh, the last like 30 to 40 minutes of this is like non-stop action quick cuts yeah. well choreographed stuff did you see the shot where he caught the missile i love that fucking
0: shot and i promise you i will steal it <laughs> that shot will be stolen by me because like oh it was it's not just the shot it's like i mean it is the shot but it's the fucking it's the framing and the rack focusing because the, the camera doesn't move at all, mm-hmm. but it still manages to pull your direction to through your attention to three different directions in yeah. one specific shot and like almost nothing's moving.
1: Yeah, and that to me was so sick. It's, um, it makes it almost casual but in a badass way yeah yeah like he you're right nothing moves the camera doesn't move you just see the missile fly off towards the ship you see the mechanical mech hand go up and he just tosses it to the side doesn't even get out of his casual lounge position yeah yeah
0: and you just see the the like the depth of field slowly pull to like each each spot where it's like it, it it's those types of of shots where it's like, there are two types of really good shots. Those are shots like that, which are like just really well constructed and like composited Mm -hmm. and like the execution of it's really good. And there's like the opposite version where it's like, imagine if the camera was physically following every shot that could also be considered like a really like good complex shot to do, but like, depending on what you're using it for, Mm -hmm. you want to try to use the camera differently. So I thought that was just like expert filmmaking and like good, good decision making too.
1: Yeah. And they they made use of the CGI well, because I'm sure 90% of this budget went to the effects and the stuff that they had to do, because I'm sure, I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure it's cheap to film in Africa.
0: Yeah. Maybe. I would imagine.
1: So, like, it's- the, the,
0: But, I mean, and the, they did have all, like, the military shit, too, but I guess it was, like, fake military, so I don't know.
1: We know those are just spray-painted Jeeps that people had. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but like to get, I don't know, I don't know, I don't actually know like what it costs to get like prop uniforms, prop like weapons on like a large
1: scale. Fair. But um. with the sets and stuff, we really, whenever we have like a big set, like we really only see one room or it's like very clearly like a stage that they put walls in. Like yeah. I always think of the shot where he has to like get into the door and it's like this very tiny hallway that I swear they redressed like six times
0: yeah well you also have um the nice thing about shooting in a place that's like so flat and you shoot in the desert because the sun is almost like there's no clouds and stuff so the atmosphere looks about the same all the time yeah so you can do a lot of different like compositing with like scenery so they could like because a lot of their camera movements too are fake so they could take like a shot and then take a piece of like a different shot and composite it over the front of it to Ooh. like put something out in the background. It's like if they wanted to do the shack, they could shoot the shack somewhere. And then if they wanted to have the city in the background of like people going by, those could be two separate shots and they could just slide them on top of each other. Oh, and because nice. Because the lighting's so consistent and the sun's always going to be about in the same spot, they'll look almost exactly the same. Oh, wow. And you can do that with like minimal color correcting. I want to say that's for like the big the big scene at the end with like the ship going over. I'm pretty sure like all of that has to be multiple different shots composited
1: over each other. Yeah, the the ship blows me away, especially for how little and the the they did it well where it's like blurred and dusty. Yeah so you, it's like you smoggy. It's smoggy so you can't see it's just there. And like yeah. it's it's the my one gripe is that there's like no shadow from the ship. There's no part of the city that's covered in a shadow by this giant ship that is the size of Johannesburg itself. <laughs> but everything is sunny and nice. Like, no, there should be a yeah. giant, like, ring I shadow.
0: Like, ring shadow. That would have been a cool, like, edgy shot. You know, if this were a Denis movie, there would have been yeah. that one shot of, like, the character, like, looking in the cameras below them, and you just see the ship in the background blocking out the fucking sun. <laughs> That's in Sicario District 9. Sicario <laughs> District... I feel you, you could fuse both those movies together. <laughs>
1: something great. Four hours long, though. <laughs> a double feature of Sicario and District yeah. 9. Yeah. What a juxtaposition. A revenge story and this is one dude just trying to leave fucking Earth. Yeah, yeah,
0: but it's not like a double feature where you watch one then the other. You have to cut them specifically. You watch a little bit of Sicario, then you watch a little bit of District 9. You just go back and forth until they end at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> what? I've only seen Sicario wow. once. Wow. This- You see Emily blunt hauling ass with like a fucking
1: space rifle. So Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah.
0: Yeah, but the good version.
1: (laughs) Minus Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah. This um the the whole thing with the ship is nice, the effects are nice, it's dirty, it's grimy. What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Oh, you were saying that you liked the ship. Oh, how they did the ship. Yeah, I, I like how they did the ship. I like how all the effects, even if they don't hold up well, um, and going back to the shots, most of these shots are kind of like crap, almost like dirt poor indie film shots. Like, even yeah. even some of the not cinematography, or not found footage stuff is like, this is a bad shot. But then they have some that are just incredible. Like, we talked about the the missile shot. The other one I think of is when he's po- uh, pointing the the like crazy orange like portal gun at the paraplegic gang leader's head <laughs> do, you, do you know what I'm it's like yeah, orange yeah. and lit up and it's just like very intimidating like you think his head is gonna get sucked yeah. into that thing um I also think of uh, when so at some point a mech suit shows up I still don't know what the deal with this- because it kind of so, comes- No,
0: no, they, that's what- okay, so- Oh, we did talk about the cat food, first off. We oh! did not talk, we haven't talked about the cat food. But no, that's, um, when they're talking about how the Nigerians try to trade guns with the prawns, there's- there's prawns and they're like, we'll take a hundred cans and they have the meksu <laughs> and they're trading the meksu for a hundred cans of cat food. <laughs> So that's where it starts, because that's where they they bring that one prod over and they end up killing him just to, like, fuck with him, because, like, they're so fucking stupid. (laughs) Yeah, they they trade the mech for a hundred cans of cat food. (laughs) Which the cat food should have definitely come
1: back at the end.
0: How? Yeah, I know, like, thematically, it would have been kind of, like, tonally out of place. You think he's going to store
1: a bunch of cat food for his trip home?
0: Instead of the last shot of him making the rose, it should have been
1: him just. And then making the rose out of the can. <laughs> and then making the rose out of the can. <laughs> that have so, For those of you that haven't seen District 9, for whatever reason, there's this random throwaway point that the... Prawns love cat food. It is not relevant to the story at all. And then like everything that you
0: read about this movie, they go to great lengths to explain (laughs) that it has a similar effect to catnip on cats. (laughs) But yeah, the the prawns go fucking nuts for this stuff, I, and that's basically their currency.
1: Yeah, I think they needed a reason for the prawns to be okay with living in these like terrible slums and not revolting, yeah. even as like this dumb colonizing or co- uh, colony species. It's like, well, they got cat food, so I guess the fact that I don't have a bathroom in my shack is fine. <laughs> I'll shit in the can.
0: Also, speaking of, did you see the- the prawn with the genitals?
1: The one that's peeing?
0: The one in the bra? No! Well, I don't- I don't know, there might have been more, but there was one distinctive one where there's clearly something in its crotch that's like (laughs) dangling and like swaying around. (laughs) When it's, like, movie, it's towards the end of the movie, and I was like, whoa, 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 (laughs) wait a second, so they do have dicks, because it's, it's, I don't, I didn't want to rewind it, because I was pretty sure, but I'm pretty sure.
1: Like, when they eat the MNU
0: military guy? Yeah, yeah, at the very end, yeah, when they rip him apart, I swear, there's, like, a little dangly bit (laughs) I, I, there.
1: I know we don't do video, but if we can make the dangly bit the thumbnail for this episode <laughs> so people don't think we're crazy.
0: Okay, but you know what I'm talking about, right? No, what I have no part- idea what oh. you're talking about. No, go back to that part. I think it is when they, when they rip apart the, the fucking angry MNU guy at the end and save Vicus or Vicus.
1: Yeah, um, which, wow, way to rip off Toy Story, Neil Blomkamp. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's,
0: that's like an everything- that's uh the Hunger Games does that too, kind of, but it's Which like- ripped
1: off Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was Toy
0: Story. Toy Story <laughs> had it first. But no, I swear, I swear you see you see a prong dog. I would
1: love Christopher Johnson to be shouting in his like alien click language to Vikus, but you <laughs> a are <pron>. a prawn! <laughs> <laughs> you are a prawn. <laughs> I would pay for the for the district nine toy story cut oh my gosh that would be great you
0: just swap out just, like i want like it's like sicario but everything in toy Story is exactly the same you <laughs> just switch woody and buzz to beat Vicus
1: and christopher and,
0: johnson yeah christopher johnson <laughs>
1: I mean, honestly, I think it would work because Vicus is delusional. He thinks he's different than his prong- these prawns, but really he's exactly the same. How did you feel about that? So this shot I felt was a little heavy handed. There's a point where Christopher Johnson's kid is like looking at Vicus's alien arm. Um, and uh, he like holds up his arm and he's like, you and me, we're the same. And like, we have to have this moment to be like, we're not the same. And Vicus is like all like angsty. I could do without that shot. I kind of want that shot out.
0: Yeah, I think I like the I like the part of the kid talking to him. Yeah, because I like that it shows that like the kid kind of has like a biological way of accepting him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, I get his frustration, but I feel like yeah, that that line could have been cut. I feel like it adds a little bit of like unnecessary animosity to that situation. Yeah, that doesn't get picked back up. And like doesn't pay off. I also kinda I also do like the the silent way that uh Vicus is like Vicus is like starting to understand the prawns. Yeah. Because they make a point that the prawns can most of the well, the prawns have some understanding of English. Christopher definitely has the most of an understanding where he is basically can hear it fluidly. Yeah. But um <laughs> at first it's kind of like a funny, it's funny. Because of the movie, but it's sad when you realize that that's probably how this situation happens in the real world, and people don't speak the same language. Yep. But there's like the, the point where uh, Vicus is like trying to give him the eviction notice, and like a bunch of the prawns don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yep. They don't read English. They can't speak it. They don't know what the fuck he's talking about. He doesn't know what they're saying. Yeah. Even when Christopher is talking to me, Christopher clearly understands what he's saying and is trying to respond. Vegas doesn't understand what the fuck he's saying at all, and he yeah. keeps going like, "No, no, no, no! Sign this eviction, or we're gonna put your son in a cage. He's gonna live in a one by one box." box. <laughs> I love it's... the uh, this sign upside. This is definitely gang sign. Gang activity. <laughs> this is a gang sign for sure.
1: ended cut of Vikas just being this pompous overconfident idiot it was very clearly no idea what's going on <laughs> but he <laughs> thinks he's tough shit I love the whole movie he's like this is a big find this is a big find <laughs> was, even in the third act he comes across the ship he's like this is a find," and it's like bro <laughs> you are not working at MNU anymore <laughs> you do not have clearance." <laughs>
0: It's like you get evicted. it's just a big, nice area, nicer spot, <laughs> but you gotta leave. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's weapons. There's. It looks like there's weapons here. <laughs>
1: When he's pointing to the very obvious, like, almost caveman style drawing of a prawn with, like, three (laughs) dead bodies, and he takes time to explain. (laughs) He's
0: saying, I killed three people. (laughs) Watch (laughs) out for me. (laughs) Watch out for me. (laughs) Thanks, Vicas. Thank you. (laughs) I feel like that, like, um, like, very dramatic shift in tone, too, is also probably how the rest of the movie, like, works because like it just goes from being so funny to so serious so quickly like you don't even get time to really like adjust no you're like oh oh fuck he's he's dying now he's dying yeah also the the throwaway explanation <laughs> where they're like yeah he's turning into a prom because he fucked one. <laughs> And his wife, like, or his girlfriend or whatever, like, doesn't want to talk to him. because her dad's like, yeah, he's had unholy unions <laughs> with
1: a prawn. So, so Vikas goes on the run because he's a monster now. Like, he's this yeah. weird hybrid crazy creature in the and the government trying out of a... And the, the government has to do, like, a PR campaign of this dude on the front. <laughs> And why he looks like this? So they tell everybody in Africa that he fucked an alien.
0: Oh, it's so funny. You would think <laughs> you would think they would be able to sniff that out too though, because early on in the movie too, they, they bring out that there is inter <laughs> interspecies prostitution. <laughs> so you would think if people could turn into prawns by having sex with them, we would have figured this out by now. Yeah, is this twenty been years and this has only just
1: happened? Yeah. I love, I love when he walks into the shop. And he's like this messed up monster, but he has like a Quasimodo hood on. <laughs> <laughs> he just wants, Another Disney ripoff. He just wants a burger. <laughs> and all he wants is some food. This whole movie, he's looking for food. Ninety percent of the film, he's just. All he needs is cow food. <laughs> <laughs> and when he finally gets it, his teeth fall out. <laughs> That's right.
0: As if that seed couldn't get grosser. Yeah. And it's when his teeth come out, it is like an overly squelchy pulling yeah. of teeth. Like it sounds like they put a lav mic like in his mouth. Yeah. Like while he was digging around back there, and you're like, oh, because like let's be honest, wet cat food is one of the most disgusting substances on the planet. Oh like, it's, yeah. We don't know what's in it. I don't want to. <laughs> but they seem to love it. <laughs> but to see a man eating wet cat food on purpose and enjoying it, and then start pulling, and then spitting it out, because he needs to pull out his
1: molds yeah. that are falling out of the back of his mouth. From, like, the base of the root, the whole root yeah, of that tooth is the whole tooth. <laughs> it's so bad.
0: I love the, um, that's, I know that you, you say that, like, for you, body horror is either people who are super against it or super into it. I get freaked out by the people who, like, just treat it like, a normal illness, which is like what he does at the beginning. Like I'm sorry, his fingernails start falling off in the middle yeah. of a, in the middle of a meal. <laughs> when that happens, maybe maybe go immediately. <laughs> also the way he brings it up, he's like, oh yeah, some of the fingernails in my other hand have been yeah. falling off too. And there's been, like black leakage. <laughs>
1: distracted by the fact that a tentacle arm unwraps from his cast and what's the weirdest part is the doctor is not shocked the doctor no the doctor's like excuse me sir can you sit down (laughs) i
0: think that's i think that's the one part that's where the the one body horror disconnect for me is is that is that Vegas is so normal about it and then become so not okay with it instantly. It's like, okay, I get it, because I would also be a little apprehensive if I grew a tentacle overnight, but I think with the prerequisites of spitting out black blood, constantly vomiting and losing fingernails, I would have been nervous a couple
1: hours before this. Personally. Yeah, he doesn't go to the hospital or anything until he faints at his like congratulations on your promotion party, which he after he vomits all across every piece of food. <laughs> Did you notice he goes into the house? He says a couple throwaway lines that I know are improvised, but I'm very curious about them. He goes, he's like, "Why are the lights off, sweetie? Is the power out again?" <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean again, Vegas? Because... <laughs> I have to go to the bathroom, my crap, my- I- what it should have been. He should have been laying eggs.
0: <laughs> <coughs> alien body horror, human to alien swap. It's gotta be an egg sac. You gotta put one in there. We have enough.
1: <laughs> we have enough. <laughs> egg sac. No! What I did want to see is like him start growing the tentacles where his teeth were. Because all, uh, all the aliens have, like, little, like, Cthulhu tentacles on their mouths. And on their bodies, too.
0: Oh, they yeah, the them, little- Yeah, little they ones. have them, like, in their under-diaphragm. <laughs> I don't know what the use- I want to know, first off, the des- how the design of the aliens came to be, and I want an actual scientific breakdown <laughs> of the uses for all of their orifices and or appendages. <laughs> because I feel like- if you have pinchers on the front side of your body in two different places, I need to know why. I need to know, because clearly one of them is for eating. Yeah. <laughs> if you, had, That'd be kind of cool to have little hands by your mouth just to shovel food in. Like, that's all they do is just put... You want that? Yeah, that'd be great.
1: Uh, <laughs> can you... Ju- Imagine brushing your teeth- I can load them up- I'll load them
0: up with my big hands so they can hold and then I'll chew and then I'll just like keep doing stuff with my other big hands and then it'll slowly feed me.
1: Oh I got like that one spider dude in Spirited Away. Like you're doing your work but you're also- (laughs) do you you know what dude I'm talking (laughs) about? No. Um, Well I wanted him to grow tentacles but I think they ran out of money so they couldn't do like more gross. they do have a cool eye effect that happens. So it's obviously a contact. At the very end, one of his eyes starts to shift into the alien eyes. They have, a, they have like, the biggest contact possible in poor Charlton Carpley. I
0: bet it's a contact and, like, a VFX overlay. Yeah.
1: So, like, I, I paused it and I compared the eye size. They stretched up the top part of the eye to make it look like it's, like, bulging out or something. I don't know. But it looks, it's, it's, you feel so bad for him because he looks so messed up by the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah.
0: Mismatched eyes in body horror, that's always a gross that's always a gross yeah. stage.
1: Yeah.
0: Which is which is weird because I don't feel grossed out by people who just have mismatched eyes, but when I know it when I know it's a part of a disease. <laughs> then it gets real spooky. <laughs> it's like this eye is looking into my eye, but that eye is looking into my soul. <laughs> I also like the um, the emoting at the end with the two eyes, cause you could see like, yeah. like one eye is like his human eye has like kind of an emotion, and then his alien eye kind of has an emotion. I'm also interested in why he's heterochromated when he's a full alien. Um, is he? Yeah. So plot twist. Um, oh, so I guess. The big thing, we didn't even talk about why he starts working with Christopher, did we?
1: Oh, yeah, because we were too busy laughing about how great Vicus is as a person. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so Vicus and Christopher join forces after he leaves, he after he goes on the run and he ends up in District 9 where people aren't going to follow him because Christopher says that he can bring him back to the mothership and oh, turn yeah. him back. Yeah. He can, he can reverse the effects of the, the fluid. Um, and then, when they go- they have to go get the fluid, because at the time when Vicus takes it, he's working for MNU, he gives it to MNU, so they have to break in and get it back, and that's when Christopher learns that they're experimenting on the prawns and, like, doing fucked up shit with them, and he's, like, really disturbed by it and doesn't like it and decides that, like, he's gonna take the initiative to, like- What is he- what is
1: his plan even to do? So, originally, he was going to take Vicus with him on his ship, and like get him changed um and use the fuel to like do like a long trip um but when he sees the medical experiments he goes i need to get there faster i need to burn all the fuel to get there as fast as i can because i have to rescue my people and i will come back for you and uh vikas flips which well yeah because it's gonna take it
0: three it's gonna take three years
1: yeah for Christopher
0: to come back and because his arm is already like his body's already basically it's been
1: 72 hours and he's half prawn (laughs) yeah yeah can you imagine Um, three years
0: I that'd be fucking awful to be honest I mean I guess being a prawn that's the thing I feel like being a human or being an alien it doesn't really matter but like the transition of like going from one to the other yeah I feel like that's where I would be fucked up in. Because then like you have to live as a prawn for three years, and then go back to a body you haven't been in for three years. And
1: it looks painful. The tra- the transition that yeah. he goes through looks painful and disgusting and terrible. Like he he's constantly bleeding. Yeah, he he can't keep anything down. His everything's falling out. He's in pain. Like all his nerves have fused. So yeah, doing that transition, I would just be like, you know what? I'm an alien now. Whatever. I don't yeah. care. I'm not doing this again. But we. <laughs> We have a, a bit of a character flip because at first they're like they're kind of buds because they both have goals that they need each other for and then yes. as soon as Vicus realizes that his goal cannot be met he cracks uh, Christopher Johnson over the side of the head and like I, I know I don't know what Vicus's plan is but it kind of it takes me out a little bit but it also fits with Vicus's character where he really has no idea what he's doing he has yeah. he's not a problem solver. Um, but he just cracks Christopher Johnson over the head and goes, I guess I'm just gonna take the ship and try and leave and figure it out. But he, I like how brief him flying the ship is, because that's exactly how that would go. If yeah. you put a human in an alien ship and just had them try to fly it, would last 30 seconds. The fact seconds. that they even got off the
0: ground. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the only reason it crashes is because it gets hit. Yeah. By a rocket because that was my first thing. I was like, I was like, sir, excuse me. You're just, you just knocked out the only person who knows how to fly this. I also, that also kind of comes back into, well, I also wonder if that's part of his trans, trans, like transformation is
1: like he can, he, he becomes gets the, more familiar. Cause, Cause I think it's a hive mind situation.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cause I feel like, but then you, but then he's like, doesn't really know how to
1: operate the mech suit. But he, you see him kind of like start to figure it out. So the the mech suit like meshes with him, like yeah, it like yeah. plugs it, in, like plugs into him. Chemical. And then he can like now read the alien language. Like so, I think there's some sort of hive mind collective knowledge that happens when you transform. They can all read and like yeah, have some, that's got to be yeah. It's the only that must thing be that why works. they can be so stupid.
0: Yeah, this alone
1: too good for me not to, like, make up some sort of plot fill for that, because yeah. I it, I will go ahead and just insert whatever sci-fi thing needs to be there to make that work, because this movie works so well that, sure, I'll let everything slide and just fill in the gaps. Yeah. Yeah, it's
0: got a good backbone
1: for, yeah. like, a sci-fi, which
0: I feel like, especially if you're going to do something that's, for one, going to be a standalone Yeah, and just be, like, its own thing... Like, I feel like the, the I mean, that's I mean, that's for a lot of movies, but I feel like with sci-fi, it's so much more important <clears throat> to have it just so foundationally sound, because otherwise, like, there's already a, a high probability that, like, like, structurally and, like, psychologically, it's gonna start falling apart, especially when you start getting into, like, science and, like, actual scientific theories and stuff, the, yeah. the logic starts falling apart. But if you can have a base to fall back on, mm-hmm which I feel like is why people so often use sci-fi to talk about political things like this, especially xenophobia. I feel yep. like that's like one of the two things that sci-fi is constantly. It's like genocide, which is basically a result of xenophobia. Yep. And yeah, that's essentially it. Um, but I feel like because we become so familiar with those things, you don't have to be nearly as like nitpicky with your information, I feel like. You can like you don't have to spoon feed people. You don't have to think throughout all of the the scientific scenarios to like get through. Yeah, what you're the, trying to accomplish.
1: This is what you would classify as like philosophical sci-fi, where sci-fi is just the mechanism to deliver a point. Um, it's not there to like make you actually think about science. I don't really care, like, I'm intrigued, definitely, but I don't really care how the aliens got there. I don't care how they work or operate. I'm all here to see the terror and the horror that they have had to go through just by happenstance of landing here. Like, that is fascinating and impelling as a story itself, and it works so well in this isolated unit. I hope that there was talks of doing a sequel for this. I hope it never happens. I don't think it'd be good. It- this works so well as just a- its own individual piece, and I think- you know how they talk about, like, movies you need to see before you die? I really think this is one of them. I think this movie is that good.
0: I think that this is definitely a movie that make- that means more than people think that it does. Yeah. Especially this being the first time I ever saw it. Like I said, like, my relationship with this movie was seeing it on TV and being like, oh, that's the really graphic alien movie coming out, and it is a very graphic alien movie. But there's yeah. a lot of other shit to it. It's not just like pulverizing. Like if we're gonna draw another parallel to War of the Worlds, War of the Worlds, nothing really happens. Like no, <laughs> you can die without like we like War of the Worlds for personal reasons. This movie like actually has thematic stuff that I don't see get tackled in this way. Yeah, really ever. Yeah. Like, I don't really see people trying to have this type of dialogue and presenting it in this manner.
1: Yeah, and that's that's where sci-fi excels. That's why Star Trek ran for so, so long, because they would do episodic... I know, the joke, Star Trek. <laughs> Star Trek is actually very philosophical and has, like, a lot of themes that they portray through science fiction because it's easier for people to digest heavier themes like that when you set it in sort of, like, a fantastical element. It's enough detachment for it to become real again
0: yeah it's, it's honestly almost like writing fanfic but for real life yes
1: that's <laughs> a really good way of putting it
0: let me take this entire universe that you're already super familiar with but just change a little of it so you don't know what i'm talking about
1: <laughs> so i'm not plagiarizing that's a, that's a really good way of putting it it's, it's sci-fi fanfic for reality <laughs> <laughs> what it is. and that's how you do sci-fi well is you you take something you know and you just put some weird science in it and then you have uh something that people stop and think about because it makes your brain do things it makes your brain think and wonder that hurts Paige. i don't like thinking and wondering well not when it's happening in real life if it's (laughs) happening to you in real life yeah you don't want to think about it (laughs) (laughs) that's why this works and with that
0: being said gentrification and racism are both fake Thank you guys so much for watching. We (laughs) haven't done a review! I know, I know. It
1: was one of those fake-out endings. Oh, we're allowed to do that? Man, I'm doing that every 30 seconds. No,
0: see, that's why. That's why I have to use it (laughs) at the end of episodes with a grain of salt.
1: Alright, before we wrap this up, are there any, like, because this movie has a lot of fun moments. Are there any fun moments you want to cover that we maybe glossed over? I'm trying to think. I want to talk about the witch doctor lady who's like you must eat them she oh she's in a different movie i don't know who she is that
0: scene that whole shot is out of a different movie that that reminds me of like pirates of the the caribbean nine version of the daughter in colorado space (laughs) that's that's what she's growing up into that's the sci-fi witch doctor (laughs)
1: The whole shot is so different. We didn't need that shot. I could have gathered that he he is under the impression that if he eats aliens, he will gain their power. I didn't need a crazy witch doctor wearing Urban Decay eyeliner to tell me.
0: (laughs) which also i feel like i feel like they they show them eating aliens pretty frequently how many aliens do you need to eat before you realize it's (laughs) not how you get the power i just do these people not know how trial and error
1: works you're supposed to try something different next time (laughs) the definition of insanity is doing everything over and over again and expecting different results these people are insane fools (laughs) um
0: i think i want i think that's all for me
1: I just want to go for the witch doctor late. I also want to talk about how terrible of an actress Vicas' wife is. Whoever that lady is, she needs to be written out of the movie. <laughs> she is horrible. <laughs> I've never seen acting so bad in my life.
0: That's, like, the one sequence
1: I didn't like, was the sequence when, like, the... the-
0: soldiers are like coming into the uh, the waiting room like to Oh yeah come and she's just him. looking around like she lost her dog. Yeah He's <laughs> he's freaking out and it's juxtaposed with us knowing that he's getting experimented on. So we're like, oh fucks are we it's juxtaposed with us finding out he has a fucking tentacle <laughs> <laughs> It keeps cutting back to her to like amp up the pacing and like you know get your heart racing, and she just looks like she is waiting at Trader Joe's to find somebody to point her to the soy sauce aisle. Like that is what she's looking for. She is not. And then they like you know they just keep cutting back, and there are more soldiers filling in. She's like, oh oh, I think it's my time to go. I can almost hear the director be like, okay now. <laughs> No, go now! Get get the fuck up! Go!
1: <laughs> and she's still just like, now? Now? Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> me?
1: <laughs> is it my cue? You're the only
0: one in the shot! <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else is in focus, Tanya!
1: <laughs> Poor Shortel Coldplay had to play off of that. All of Shortel Coldplay's dialogue is completely improvised.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all.
1: In a good way or a bad way?
0: Oh, I think 50-50. Good way, because I think his lines are good, but bad way, because you can very clearly... That, that explains it, because you can tell that some of the other actors don't know how to play off of yeah. <laughs> Like, some of it just kind of, like, doesn't bounce back. Yeah. <laughs> it'll just, like, throw a line out and it'll just fall flat.
1: Like, with the um, army dude, he's like, I think you need to run your, your team more efficiently. And then there's a hard cut. And can... he like, sli- like grabs him. You can tell the actor was like, "What?"
0: <laughs> yeah, and then he just like goes nuts, and it's like a joke about saving ammunition. Yeah, and it's like it, I I, re- I remember like when that scene first happened, I was like, "Oh, that was pretty funny." But the awkwardness surrounding the performance <laughs> it completely is <gets> lost <laughs> because I'm more just like, "Why is this guy losing his shit all of a sudden?"
1: There was no um. build up because the the actor played off Charlton Hulbert was like. Is this what they call improv? <laughs> <laughs> what do I do? You kids
0: want to see some improv?
1: <laughs> no. But yeah. But do yeah. we give our rating?
0: Yeah, yeah, we can give our rating.
1: What would you give District 9? <sighs> I, I have to be careful now with what we rate this because uh, I accidentally told a co-worker about our co- podcast and then I nice. listened to it and then I realized like all of our ratings are like sexual and very inappropriate. So I'm <laughs> gonna give this um, 80 cans of cat food out That's of 98 cans of cat food. Ooh, that's a good one. Damn it.
0: Cat food was good. I don't know. I guess I'll just go with cat food, too. Okay. Should Is we that just- tear gas? No, it's cat food. It'll, it'll just distract them. Vika's <laughs> best character. Um, I- I actually- I will give this- I'll give this 75 Vika's improvised lines <laughs> out of 100. That's
1: not a bad rate.
0: Thank you, thank you.
1: Thank you everybody for watching Mixed Reviews Podcast. We try to have new episodes every week, but sometimes that doesn't happen. We do have lives. Very, very brief ones. (laughs) 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 Thank you. I almost hung up the phone call. Stop